So we're going to talk about the Lord's joy today. We're going to talk about the Lord's joy. There are all kinds of different joys to have. Um, there, there's human joy, uh, which is mostly emotional and dependent upon circumstance. What's the thing of it is, is that um, there is a, a a reality in Christ for everything that we would maybe want to experience in the natural. There is a spiritual reality in God. And uh, many times uh, God helps us to be able to stay in that flow of what I call a real um, the eternal instead of the temporal. Uh, the temporal is not really a counterfeit, but it doesn't last. It's temporary. So anything that's generated from this earth is temporary and won't last. What comes from God's spirit from heaven is eternal and will last. When something lasts, that means it never runs out it never gets weak it never fades away it never diminishes it never tarnishes it's always and it's always there and always the same it's never uh, never less quality when something's eternal it's set uh, just the way it is and it will never vary always be there the same way all the time and that's a good thing about God he doesn't have a cheap love to give us he doesn't have a cheap joy to give us there's no cheap anointing to give us there's nothing going on sale there's nothing uh, on the discount rack in God everything's eternal that means it's perfect from the beginning it'll always be perfect and it'll always work it'll always do what it's supposed to do uh, that's why we say we can count on God he never varies he never changes nothing that he imparts to us ever varies or changes so it can you can expect it to be the same all the time uh, there was a, a, a song out uh, called he'll do it again uh, because that that's that's what sometimes believers begin to think about God. He, I know he helped me out that one time. But will he help me out? Yes he'll do it again. Because his mercy never changes. His love never changes. Nothing about him ever changes. He will do the same. He's the same yesterday today and forever and uh, he, he is not a changeable person at all and so it's uh, a good to know that his joy never changes either and there was a song the Bible uh, the people would sing uh, this joy that I have the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away and so that's the difference between the joy of the Lord or the Lord's joy <clears throat> and worldly joy and so we're going to talk a little bit about that and get to understand uh, where it comes from, the purpose of it, and, and why why we need the Lord's joy. And I think we need it uh, more uh, during times of trial, persecution. I mean, I, I think it's 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 more of a medicine when it's needed, needed, and not just something to be um, thrown around. You know, um, and take it for granted because I, I, I can remember remember the laughter revival thing that kind of tried to go through what God's. You know, anytime people try to own something, God gets gets out of it real quick, and uh, yeah, and it just happens. You know, people people tend to feel that um, ownership is is desirable. 
Um, but in God's kingdom, giving's desirable. Not taking, not owning, but giving. Giving away and blessing others with it. And I think it got so manipulated by human um, human desire that it just lifted uh, from the body of Christ and, and I can see why in, in ways now uh, that God will release joy to people to heal them and to help them and to bring them more into his presence and more into his mindset about things that are going on that we have to face and struggles we have to face because the Bible says that he who sits in the heavens laughs at the devil's antics and laughs at trouble and laughs at there's no God doesn't have any down days and he's not discouraged and depressed about anything if we live in him if he lives in us then we have a right to share in his life and have his attitude about everything it goes on in the world and so joy uh, we know laughter a merry heart the Bible says is like a medicine or it is a medicine it's a tonic for what ails you so joy then is a medicine but joy also is a spirit that is attached to certain things that that we know uh, happen in the world and, and in the realm of the spirit so we'll talk about how joy uh, uh, is is released by God's spirit and what the purpose of the Lord's joy is uh, in our lives because it is an overcoming power. Uh, it it's it is a. Um, I know it's not listed in the armor of God, but joy as a spirit and and as a spiritual fruit uh, is something that can act as a shield to shield us from the damaging effects of spiritual warfare and the damaging effects of the attacks of the enemy and all of those things so if we'll realize the purpose of the Lord's joy uh, I think it gives you it gave me a lot more confidence in going through a lot of the things that happen on earth if you thought about having to experience every distress every pain every hurt every sorrow to feel the full impact of that without anything to cushion it this would be a very daunting uh, kind of a life because we come under more attack than people who make friends with the world do you know if you're friends with the world you won't get as as hit and persecuted as as you do when you're fighting against it and so there has to be something built into our spirits to allow us to endure when we yield to it as a spiritual fruit it becomes an automatic kind of thing uh, if joy were something you'd have to put on like you know people say put on the full armor of God and you know have <laughs> all these little pieces and things like that you know what I'm saying I mean, it's not literal at all it, it has to do with spiritual equipment that God has imparted to us but when you think about spiritual fruit it's something that's already in you that you yield to and you can yield to I would say it's more of an inner shield joy becomes more of an inner shield than uh, an outer adornment or an outer uh, armament or something that you put on consciously Uh, joy is something that you can you know you can react to and yield to it 
almost automatically you can train your spirit to yield to joy rather than letting your soul dominate and give you problems and give you cares and woes and all of that kind of stuff so you can have a, a spirit response to the difficulties of life by allowing the fruit of the spirit to uh, permeate your your inner man and help him to bear up under uh, these distresses and the things that that the enemy throws at you because they're going to come difficulty is going to come trouble is going to come but the Lord allows us to partake of his joy so that our joy can be full so that our lives can be full so our lives and there is a purpose and a place for joy in the life of the the Christian the life of the believer one of the definitions for joy is to rejoice jump for joy so it's it's a it's a manifestation i would say it's like your inner man leaping and and allowing himself to get free and uh you know when you when you jump for joy that means that you have a a total man response to what God is doing. You got got me got joy affects your total being. It's your spirit, your soul and your body all come into alignment with good news, expecting good outcome, expecting good things, so much so that the only thing left for you to do is express it in in a joyful uh a stance or a jo- joyful jump. Just get it outside of yourself, beside yourself uh with goodness from the inside. It also means to rejoice greatly to rejoice greatly in Acts chapter 3 you see an instance of somebody who rejoiced greatly uh, because of something that was done for that person and, and uh, it, it's kind of interesting because Jesus talked about the people that uh, responded and, and gave God thanks for what happened to them and it wasn't that often that people did it was rare. Remember the ten lepers? In his comment, he said, "Didn't nine get? Didn't ten get healed? And only this one came back to thank God. Where's the rest of them?" And so it's it's very very likely that when people receive things from God, they don't give much response. That's that's the norm, you know. I always say, you know, you'll get a tenth of people that really want to come back and give a testimony. You get a tenth of people that uh, really want to say how they're doing and all that kind of stuff. I know there are many people I've prayed with over the phone, and and you know, I get curious sometimes. Wonder how they're doing. I wonder how that turned out. And seldom do you hear anything. And it's probably part of his God's design that you just keep listening to him and do things by faith you know I'm, it's not no difference to me if I just have to keep praying if God says to keep praying I keep praying but you know your mind you do get curious you think well, how's that person doing I mean wonder how that turned out and so forth and so on well you're never going to hear you're only going to hear from 10% of the people <laughs> and you know
know even people sitting in your midst sometimes can be greatly helped by by what you preach but a little handful of people will come up you know at the end of the sermon and say how much it meant to them and so forth but you know you get a lot of critics a lot of people want to come up and say you know well I heard so and so and so and so and ah what do you think about that and they you know all that but but it's just not that common that people will respond in a way where they get the full impact of God's joy and will understand why you should uh, get the full impact of God's joy and express it when we start talking more about it so in Acts chapter 3 in verse uh, it starts in verse 1 but you, you see it says uh, Peter and John fastened their eyes on him in verse 4 it said look on us and he did and he expected so he was expecting to receive something from them they said such as I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk he took them um, he, and he took him by the right hand lifted him up immediately his feet received strength and he began leaping verse 8 leaping he stood up and walked and entered with him to the temple walking leaping and praising God so yeah the joy he was overcome with the joy of the Lord so this is a spiritual joy it's not so much a natural thing something transpired when they said such as we have we give you they gave him the full package they gave him healing which was uh, the anointing of God and the gift of God but also the fruit of the spirit to enjoy your healing so it's like go and enjoy what God has done for you don't go and and try to get real pious about it or or go hide somewhere and not tell anybody what God's done but go forth and get the full thing that God provided for you in this situation and in this in this healing many times we'll think we're flattering man when we get excited about God and and I think that's just wrong thinking of you know why would your mind automatically deflect over into I better not say anything because they'll think they're great you know what I'm saying I mean that's just really just kind of stupid because here God's done a miracle for you in your body and he wants you to rejoice in the fact that this man had been laying there for years just uh, made a lifestyle of just begging and expecting very little and getting very little and then all of a sudden God comes in and busts through and gives him the desire of his heart he's going to be normal like everybody I mean his life is totally changed and and so that is a cause for rejoicing that is a deposit of God that nobody will ever take away you have a testimony that you can tell that will keep you healed and and will bless other people I mean what this goes on and on and on it revolutionizes and changes your life and if you're not going to be joyful about something that has that kind of impact on your life my goodness what is it going to take for you to get that religious smirk off your face and come out of your carnal thinking and and really start to understand that God gives us life richly to enjoy he wants us to enjoy the life that he gives us he doesn't want you to go around pretending and, and hiding and and putting on facades and, and trying to make like uh, you're you know you don't need this or you don't need that he wants us to be genuine people and learn how to enjoy what he's given us in Luke chapter 7 we see something <coughs> similar to that 
in verse 18 I think it starts uh, Luke 7 I get that I think this is where Jesus let me see 7 18 through 30 No, this one isn't it. Sorry about that. If I think of where it really is, I'll get it for you before the... The time is out. But there was another man that Jesus healed. This was one the disciples healed. But it's the same power. And the same anointing. And the same impact. When when God does things. He does them in a thorough way. And in a full way. And so uh, somebody being healed. And not being able to enjoy it. Is not God's. That's not his will. He wants people to get up with a change life everything they envision happening to them all at one time and God can do that he did that with us when he saved us I can remember thinking to myself you mean I don't have to worry about going to hell anymore it was it was like this is just unbelievable that you can be thinking about you're not sure about the the end of your life one minute and the next minute you're totally sure that that you know uh hell is not for you and you can look forward to another day and you can look forward to serving god you know it it just is a joy that's unspeakable it's just something that's overwhelming and overcoming so in God's joy, it means to rejoice greatly. This is something more than uh, promotion uh, to a, a better job or uh, open door for something that you really want to do or a debt canceled or more money in your checking account than you thought. Uh, this is something that comes from heaven and it's something very, very impactful is God's overcoming joy. In John, Second uh, John 1, let's go to that one see what we can second john 1 12 he's writing this letter and he says having many things to write unto you i would not write with paper and ink but i trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full now there's a, a situation here where john could share some things with them in this letter but he decides not to because he wants to be there to see the look on their faces when he shares this news with them and so then the God's joy becomes a gift that we can impart to others it becomes a gift that we can share Uh, it's not your you're having a good time that others can't participate in this joy that God gives us is something that can be shared it's something that's meant to be shared it's something that can be imparted to other people if they'll receive it and it's something that uh, is a spiritual force that if people will learn to respond to it and will learn to tap into it it can be released from the inside of them as well and it's very very important that people learn how to receive and release the joy of the Lord because it has a tremendous uh, impact 
in a life of an individual. It has a tremendous impact in the lives of other people. And anybody can receive God's joy. That's not true about a lot of the spiritual forces that we uh, uh, that God releases to us. There are some people that won't be able to receive the anointing because it's not for them to receive. You understand what I'm saying? Those things are very specific and they're very uh, controlled by God having to do with that person's call and their ability to receive, their understanding, their diligence in studying the word. There's all kinds of things that will be limited to people. But the spiritual fruit is never limited to people. Joy is never limited to certain people. It's not for certain Christians uh, that are silly or immature or why are they laughing? You know, that's always the response when that that burst of laughter or burst of joy or something like that can come forth out of an individual because it's something that confounds the the wisdom of the wise, the earthly wise, and it confounds the plot of the enemy. And so there are many times where God will use joy as a protective shield for his people uh, because it keeps the enemy at bay. It keeps him confused. It keeps him not understanding how to attack and how to move forward and how to, to grab on to that person's life. So joy is a shield that we can live behind as well uh, because it keeps you from, from feeling the full effect of the enemy's power. And it confounds the the enemy. It, it, it really puts confusion on the devil because he can't understand understand why in your situation and why in the condition that you're supposed to be in your condition isn't as dire as he supposed he's trying to make it out to be and so that's a frustration uh, that it brings to the enemy and you want your enemies frustrated you don't want them uh, organized and able to to get at you and so you keep keep God's joy available to you and understand that it's a spiritual force that is there for you to yield to so that you can 100% enjoy your life. You can 100% enjoy your life uh, because God has given it to him. And so John has something that he's reserving for a special occasion and that's God's joy. Amen. That's God's joy. And so he wants to be able uh, to speak face to face with this person so that they can receive the fullness of God's joy together. So this must be some good news that he's here to tell. And so and joy is something that we can anticipate uh, with gladness. You know, it's something that you can look forward to receiving. Uh, nobody likes bad news. You know, nobody likes the apostle wanting to come and say well I've got a bone to pick with you guys you're not doing this right and that right this is a a kind of a change in a letter that you would get from somebody who's in authority over you uh, as a, a spiritual person and so John wants to partake of the fullness of the joy with this person and wants to spread it to them so that their joy can be full and they can can all participate in it and I think that's something that we um, 
believers uh, we kind of need to capitalize on that more you know that there's things that we can do uh, to boost one another up that things we can do to help one another's joy uh, to be full we can plan things that will bring joy uh, to one another not things that we want but things that we know that person would enjoy see what I'm saying there's a big difference uh, if I may not participate well and what makes you happy but I can certainly participate in what makes me happy and so there are certain things that we'll do for one another that we know will bring joy to one another and, and that's typical of, of Christian relationships you can think about things that oh so and so would enjoy this I bet uh, if I got this for this person or I gave this to that person uh, they really put a smile on their face they really really enjoy this and so this is what we do we, we kind of want to spread the joy because it's not hard to do it's something that's easy to do and if we'll dig in there and with God and find out really how to please that other person uh, will be able to bring joy into that relationship and joy to that person you don't want to be the bearer of bad news and you don't have to be uh, you can always be the bearer of good news and bring joy to people because that's if that's in your heart to want to do uh, you you'll need to want to uh, make that a priority in your life be serious about it and, and make it something uh, that you enjoy doing and first peter four thirteen now that was the fullness of joy so there's when you see the the uh, word joy talked about in the bible it's always got some superlative in front of it or surrounding it so then joy becomes the ultimate of the spiritual fruit that's there's something about joy that it's it's the capper it's like the icing on the cake Man, the Bible talks about fruit of the spirit. The greatest of these is love, but you'll see love it permeates throughout all the other eight spiritual fruit. There's a component of love involved in other all the other ones, and love becomes then a foundation for the other spiritual fruit, like meekness. If you don't love somebody, you can't be meek toward them. If you don't love people, you, you understand what I'm saying. Self-control. You have self-control because you love God, and He commands that. And so there's a love component in all nine fruit of the spirit, but there's something unique about joy that God has placed that in us and placed that in himself to kind of bring us over the top as far as our experiences in life are concerned to bring us over the top as Christians and and to add something extra there's something extra 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 nice about it there's something extra extra interesting about it uh, because God wants us to have a very, very, very full life. He wants us to be exceeding, 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 exceedingly joyful. He wants us to rejoice, 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 and leap for joy. Leap, 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 leap for joy. So he wants that there's something there that he wants us to know that there's no limit on the goodness that we can experience in life. 
prophecy and joy punctuates that joy makes that so that's why throughout the church age uh, people have tried to portray Christians as serious sad uh, you know uh, you seldom see any pictures of Jesus laughing you know and in fact it wasn't until like this century that anybody dared to put a smile on his face when they they drew him or oh sure it's the truth <laughs> you know in early photography people weren't allowed to laugh you know in the the early yeah they they it's i read somewhere it says it wasn't until the 1930s or something that people were allowed to laugh when the photograph was taken so <laughs> everybody wants us to look dry and dead and like life isn't worth living so you might know that God would have something to counter that, and that's His joy. So in First Peter four, was that where we were going? First Peter four thirteen. <clears throat> Verse twelve says, "Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial." Which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Now, when you see that word trial, you shouldn't recoil. You should start rejoicing. See, the Bible says that. Amen. Mm, Count it all joy. Count it all joy. He said, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory shall be revealed... You may be glad also with exceeding joy. So joy, if you, what he's saying is this. And I'm looking at it just from a a perspective of somebody who's dealt with, you know, medicine and stuff like that. Joy is somewhat of an anesthetic to the pains and the trials of life, if you can put it that way. And you'll see that with Jesus' sufferings a little bit. I'll I'll show you a little bit. But if you could say that there's something that would deaden and lessen the pain of trials, it's joy. It's joy. Because knowing God loves you as you go through something is great and it's wonderful if you can keep that in mind. But when you're going through, you might wonder what kind of love is this? (laughs) <laughs> you know and and so there must be something to come along and punctuate that and make it real that 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 this is not unto death you will come out uh, exceedingly full of God's glory there's a good purpose to this there's something that's going to be revealed when the glory's revealed you may be glad also with exceeding joy and so there is a joy that will take you through it then there's an anticipation of glory coming out of it that will give you joy in the right now and then when that glory is revealed there's an exceeding joy at the reality of it and so these are things that we we should know that sustain us through our life down here on earth you may have to endure waiting for something for an exceeding long time how are you going to make it through if God doesn't give you uh, an ability I mean what what makes your your difficulty and your struggle different from a sinner that goes through something if we don't have something from God to draw from in the now to keep us in there 
See, if he doesn't give you something in the now to keep you in there, you're not going to stay in there very long. And that's that's a tried and true thing. There are believers that get confused about why is this happening to me? Uh, how did I open the door to this? Then they want to backtrack and go back and break all the curses and close all the doors and, and all that kind of stuff. You know how we do. And, and get get it undone. Well, why would you want to undo something if it's not causing you any pain to go through it? And and this is how God sustains us through these difficult times is with spiritual fruit. And joy is one of those fruit that it's hard to describe how it affects us the way it does, but it does. It does because there's no good reason why there should be a smile on a person's face when they have difficulties and trials and and laughter as well you know people when they go through trials in the natural they go to the bottle they go to the needle they go to the uh, powder powder their nose whatever it is that they do to get them over in life and so everybody needs some kind of numbing from the pain of life uh, the disappointments of life the trials of life all of that's normal to to want to not have to experience difficulty why uh, the human soul was not made to carry burdens it God did not construct us to be able to carry burdens and loads through life. That's why he said cast your cares upon me. Why? Because I care about you. I'm the one who cares about you. And you can cast your cares on me. So we're to unload the burdens. But then your mind may reflect back on it. Your mind may think it's you know God's not going to come through for me in time. I'm never going to make it. All this time without God doing something for me. And and then you find that you have to go every day and every day. Well are you going to go through in joy? Are you going to go through as though nothing's wrong? Or are you going to feel every weight and every pain and every discouragement? So this is what the believer has to decide for himself. But it's what's available to you is joy that will exceed anything, any disappointment that you have. This exceeds joy is more joyful than your most depressing discouraging disappointment could ever be that's what those those words mean when it says exceeding fullness uh, um, uh, unspeakable all of those uh, adjectives that are used to describe joy when you think about those that means that they exceed the depth of discouragement that you would feel if you were allowed to feel the discouragement and the disappointment that is headed your way for the things that are that uh, go through earth there are times too when God will spare us of certain things that are disappointments and, and uh, you know I can remember hearing some news about something and having something revealed to me um, many many years after the fact and the Lord told me he said this news was supposed to come to you 25 years ago he said and I held it off until you were strong enough to be able to hear it those were his exact words to me so don't ever think that what you're going through is so bad Uh, there's a lot of uh, protection for us and I at the time it was supposed to come to me I wasn't even saved 
while we were yet sinners he died for us and will give you all the benefits of that covenant of his death you got me and so these are things that we need to understand folks the our complaining and our whining about how hard it is and how much we suffer and how difficult things are uh, is not even worth talking about because we have so much available to us this Christian life is a good life there are challenges yes but you have so much help to get yourself through this there's so much there if you'll avail yourself of it and and just loosen up and allow God to help you with these things learn more like Jesus said take my yoke upon me and learn of me this is part of our learning about God what God what's available to me as I go through this what's available to me uh, to help me every day how can you help me every day I'm expecting you to help me every day uh, with this because this looks like it's not going to turn around very quickly and so these are the things that we have that we need to know that God is is willing and able to do for us Um, in Jude 1 well it's only one chapter of Jude so I'll say verse 24 I think it is it says now unto him who is able to keep you from falling Hmm? so I don't care how far down you think you are you haven't fallen yet Mm -hmm. you haven't fallen yet he's able to keep you from falling and losing your salvation that's what that means and to present you faultless not only will he present prevent you from falling but when you get up you won't even have dirt on you You won't look like you (laughs) you didn't stumble at all you got me and he says he will present you faultless before the presence of his glory that's the only way you can stand in his presence is you got to be faultless and he says with exceeding joy it's his exceeding joy to be able to help us to cleanse us to keep us it's a joy for God to help us Uh, we're not bad people that he's had enough of our mistakes or he's had enough of our shortcomings or he's had enough of us he presents us faultless before his glory in the presence of his glory with exceeding joy his joy exceeds any other joy because it does not depend on the earth standards policies it's out of this world it is not of this world it is from his kingdom it is totally from another world and so his joy exceeds all others because it's nothing we're familiar with we don't know the origin of it we don't know how to stop it the devil doesn't know how to control it we don't know how to manufacture it it can't be manufactured it's something perfect that comes to us from heaven that we can embrace we can can partake of it and we can understand it's there not only to keep us from from not experiencing difficult things to the fullness of it but also it imparts a resilience to our spirit it imparts a strength to us that repels the impact it's like a shock absorber it it repels the impact of things that would would what the enemy would plan for us to damage our souls with it kind of absorbs the impact of that it does it absorbs the impact um there have been times when and i know it's probably happened to you 
certain things will happen or, or people will say things or something will come and you'll, you'll hear it and you think to yourself you know what that used to upset me but uh, you know you'd have to really work to get it to work it into your being to make it affect you you understand what I'm saying and I believe that's part of that resilience that's from from experiencing God's joy and he builds up a resilience and a strength on the inside of us that really repels the shock of bad news it repels the impact of of negative circumstances it repels the um uh uh the force that it would have on you you know uh, what what the enemy likes to do is knock us back from forward progress when he when he brings things to us that are unpleasant he wants to get you to sit down consider it think fear worry get concerned all that kind of stuff and so uh and it's it, it, you know the other extreme is denial where you just refuse to think about anything you know you have to sort things out mentally but you're not to dwell on uh some kind of negative impact and outcome because you serve God he's told you it's going to reverse now what you need to do though is get yourself in gear to start reversing it as soon as possible and joy is able to do that joy is able to repel the impact and in what the enemy would plot to to do to keep you from going forward and so he wants to stop you dead in your tracks he wants to get you to think what he could do and how how bad the outcome could be he wants you to live in that mental realm of of that but joy puts you out of that it it lets that thing be short-lived in your psyche it lets it be short-lived in your mind so that you don't have to uh, get that impact one of the things that joy will do is make you quick to forgive it'll make you very quick to forgive people because you'll start to look at uh, the things the hurts and the pains and the wounds and offenses and all that nonsense that we think is so important you know it's so important for us to know who's on our side who's against us well you better be on God's side you know you don't have a side uh, you, you forget your side you better choose the right side yourself and so it, when you get out of that living selfishly like that and, and understand that uh, you serve God and he protects you no weapon etc etc uh, then you can overcome uh, these trials of the enemy where he tries to hit you with this news or hit you with that news or hit you with one thing or another Uh, you can come out of that and understand that God has a wellspring of joy on the inside for you to live in his world joy when it's applied in these situations allows you to step over into God's realm live where he lives instead of living down here on earth where you see things like he sees them you experience them like he experiences them you can go through as though nothing in your life is wrong because you're sitting in heavenly places laughing at what the enemy is trying to do and laughing at what he's trying to take from you and so when we live in that realm then we can have that uh, that experience that it's it's um, uh, it, where where um, 
the joy gets released in us and released in a great way it's exceeding in the presence with exceeding joy uh, a joy that exceeds anything that would try and diminish it it exceeds any kind of bad news it exceeds any kind of uh, thing that you think that you've done that's irreversible it, it exceeds all that stuff you know it just comes over it and shows you and lets you know uh, how God feels about it God's not upset with you he's not upset with what you've done uh, if you've gone to him with it and, and acknowledged it yeah it, it's wrong God you know and, and I'm, I'm sorry I did it I wish I hadn't done it and help me to get beyond it you know because your word says that I am forgiven you know that kind of stuff and so when we can walk in God's joy and, and experience life just like he would if, if this were happening to Jesus I can experience life just like he would uh, with it happening to me and so you're not on the punishment scale you're not on a um, you know you got to stay in the doldrum scale your joy doesn't have to be diminished because of mistakes or anything like that you can you can live in the joy of the Lord in fact it's there for you so that you can live higher than what the enemy wants you to live or higher than what your circumstances may tell you you deserve to live you know, you you might tell yourself, well, I'm, I shouldn't be this happy about something. Look at what I just did. or <laughs> You know, but still, you think, boy, this sure feels good. Um, joy tends to, uh, it has the ability to regenerate the other fruit of the Spirit and make them come alive. The exceeding joy of God uh, will have, will, will refresh love in your mind. It will refresh uh, faith in your heart. It will refresh all of the other uh, spiritual forces that you need to overcome and to get what God wants you to have in this earth. So it says his uh, his it's exceeding joy. It exceeds everything exceeds anything that's negative it exceeds all the other encouraging things this joy gets you over into a realm that you you want to abide in it's a it's an abidable realm Uh, living in the natural it's tough you don't want to live through the the pain the suffering all that kind of stuff but if you can get over into the realm of the spirit through joy uh, you can endure anything Uh, first peter 1 8 Okay, Peter. Finally found you. Verse 7 says, The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold um, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found into the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love. Having not seen him, you love him. (laughs) I wonder how that happens. In whom though now you see him not yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So the origin of joy is a knowledge of Christ. The more you know him 
the greater your relationship with him the more you can rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory this unspeakable joy appears to be a joy related to something promised and not yet attained in the natural and I believe when we have to wait on things that we haven't seen yet that puts a greater demand on God to provide joy for us see it shouldn't be harder for you to live in this realm it should be easier because God increases your availability to the fruit of his spirit when your life isn't what it's like supposed to be in the natural he's promised us certain things in the natural He's promised us a good life. He's promised us a, a you know family, houses, lands, prosperity, money, those things when those things aren't available to us, say you're just beginning to believe God and you don't have everything that he's promised you or you're working on stuff. He must provide something for us other than that it, what would be the point in serving him? If he couldn't provide a full life to you, in spite of what you lack in the natural what what good would it do for you to serve him and so God has to provide more for us than we could get on our own he must because he says he will do it he says what ask whatever you want and I'll do it for you he says that I will will greater give you greater things his kingdom is greater his kingdom is eternal that implies things that you can't get on your own that are totally supernatural that aren't of this world so things that aren't of this world must exceed what the world can offer they must exceed what the world can offer so God is committed then to to um, kind of make up for our lacks make up for our losses he has to make up for these things laws of restitution uh, provide that for you he wants us to to be made whole when you're made whole that means nothing's lacking you're in total peace about everything no matter what you're going through it, it doesn't depend on your circumstances so joy is not a circumstantial fruit it's a fruit that will make your circumstances much more bearable and fact joyful in fact you don't even notice what you don't have Uh, maybe what you didn't have drove you to the Lord but when you get to him he'll leave you in a place like you've got it already and so this unspeakable joy is something that that puts you in a place where uh, even though you're not content and happy in all areas of your life you have something within you that you draw from that makes your life unspeakable you can't even mention how good you feel on the inside sometimes because people won't even think you're normal you know and and you don't even think you're normal and you don't know what to think of it sometimes but you know uh, that doesn't bug you anymore you know you're not upset about it anymore you know you count it as a small thing until the devil comes of course and makes you think now you know who you know you you worried about that you know when is it coming is what he'll ask you and then when you feed into that you'll start to question when is it coming you know and knock you out of the joy of the Lord but you can step right back in there again and when you receive the joy is overcoming then you can step into faith 
when your faith gets restored then you say now I've been crazy for sitting here worrying about this and all the other time I was fine about it now all of a sudden I've stepped over here and started worrying again and and I believe the reason for joy is to knock all of that out of you with rejoicing and then you can step over into your position again standing on the word trusting God believing God and everything's back to normal again it it really helps you to overcome what comes against you and step back over into the realm of the spirit where you belong that's where God wants you that's that's his place that he's carved out for you and so the unseen will cause that unspeakable joy it would have to be because if it's something you see you'll have normal human emotions about things you'll be happy about them and you'll enjoy them to a degree but the unspeakable joy comes from from what is dealt to you in the unseen realm it's a spiritual transaction more than anything else there is a faith related to joy and and joy is uh, uh, this faith is released when our joy is is um, released. So there's a greater faith released with joy, where you can plow through things, and it doesn't bother you. When joy is released, you can plow through, and it doesn't bother you. In Hebrews twelve, if you'll turn there. And this talks about what the Lord went through and how we have adopted this joy. This is a spiritual joy that he lived in every day. How could you go into a temple where all of the leaders hated you? You know if it wasn't your joy to go in there and do what you needed to do. If you uh, thought any other way about it. I don't think we think so much about Jesus and how he felt about things. But he was wrapped in a human body just like we are. And he was subject to feel like we do about things. And probably did feel. Well how did he bounce back and go about doing his job? How did he face torment? How did he face ridicule? How did he face the cross? How did he face the trial? How did he face any of that stuff? And and I believe it, it was an inner joy. There was something in him that when he was standing before Pilate, he probably laughed on the inside. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, his body was feeling, uh, and he had angels to minister to him to help him through that. But there had to be something inside of him that made this all just kind of like a blur to go through and to get over to the other side. And I. Think think there was something he was reaching for on the other side of this pain and on the other side of this difficulty that he knew was going to bring him great joy he never would have done it you and I would never do it if there wasn't something on the other side there are a lot of people that don't do it you know look around you there are people that vacate the kingdom of God and vacate the things of God because they can't handle it anymore they don't know how to draw in from the fruit of the spirit so that they can endure and get to the other side and so if you stay focused on what God tells you to stay focused on you'll understand the purpose of of these things so in Hebrews um, uh, 12 and verse starting verse 2 
He says we're encompassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. The sin that does so easily beset us. Let us run this race with patience. And, and finish the course set before us. Looking unto Jesus. So keep your eyes focused. And this is what this is the key to staying in joy. Is what you focus on. See he says we're running this race with patience looking at Jesus. We're not looking at circumstances. We're not looking at what we lack. We're not looking. We look unto Jesus as our example, as our goal, as our everything, the provider of everything that we need. And he says he is the author and the finisher. So he was at the the starting line and he'll be at the finish line for you. And he will run with you alongside of you and be in you and upon you. And so he said if you'll stay focused on the Lord and focused on his ability, focused on his example. He says who for the joy that was set before him. So there was no joy in what he was going through at all but it was set before him as a finish line. We need to stay the same focused as believers. One of the problems with some of our uh, faith teaching and kingdom teaching has been been so focused on this world's goods and this world's comforts that we forget this sounds like some kind of stupid fable to us when we preach it now. See we got to start preaching it again to people get people's ears tuned in that there is a greater joy than what this earth can provide and what our faith in this earth can provide. The reason some of our churches are emptying out is we've used our faith for temporal things and not for eternal things. Souls are eternal things. So you know now we're afraid of the drug addict that we drive past. You know that's under the bridge on the way to get to church. Uh, We don't see ourselves being strong enough to provide anything for that person and to get them cleaned up so that they can know the Lord too. You know, like we used to do. And so those things have to get refreshed in us. And so it's by by understanding the joy that's set before us. That there are some things that you will not have in this life. But there is a joy that's set before you. Or there are some things that you may have to put off for a later time in this life. But there is a joy that's set before you. What's the joy that's set before you? It's Jesus at the finish line approving of what your life. Does he approve of your life? We don't think about that too much. See? We're thinking about what our faith can bring us. We've just been trained to think about temporal things more than eternal things. But he said because there was joy set before him. Not disappointment, not discouragement. You've got to see joy in getting to that next thing that you're believing God for. If it's not going to delight you and bring you happiness, you better revise what you're believing or something. Because you won't get to it. You won't get to it. If there's a doubt about whether or not you'll be happy with what you're believing God for, you won't, you won't endure to get to it. You just won't. Because you, you're, there's not enough in it for you to make the pain and, and the disappointment and discouragement and the suffering now suffering make it worth it. And so he says he endured the cross despising the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So he saw himself finishing the work to get us back to God. That was the joy that was set before him. What we're doing now is part of the joy that was set before him. The way you live every day is the joy that was set before him. 
Make make your life worth it to him. You understand? Start partaking of the things that God's provided. Start getting out and doing some of the things God has commanded us to do. That that'll make it worth it to him. But he says <clears throat> He says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. You know, before you start fainting in your mind and being all upset about, you know, you don't have as much money as you'd like to have. Or you you can't go out to a movie when you feel like it and all this kind of stuff. Before you start sweating over that kind of stuff, the writer is saying, uh, consider what Jesus had to go through to get you to the point that you would even be crabbing about something silly like that. And so his passion was his joy. Man, his passion was his joy. We were his passion and we are his greatest joy. From eternity he's looked forward to be being able to enjoy this time with us. Where he could be our God, he could be Emmanuel, God with us and God in us. So joy is related to our relationship with God on all parts. So our joy is is relationship with him and his joy is relationship with us so we partake of one another's joy this is like the joy john was talking about he says i'm going to save this news for you so i can see you face to face well that's what god has with us now we can have face to face relationship with him and have fullness of joy as psalms uh uh which one is that the psalm i had written it down but it says in his presence is psalm 1611 in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore so this fullness of joy is a status it's an extreme satisfaction and in that the the root word of that word fullness when it talks about fullness uh, is the same root word as for the sabbath so there's a goal and a resting in the joy of the Lord. It's it's a rejoicing. It's an elevation of your spirit. But it's also a place where you can abide and rest. And a place where it's, it's the secret place. You know you found an abode where the enemy can't touch you. He can't discourage you. He can't pull you out of there. You can stay there as long as you want to. Because you're in the presence of God. And that's what, that's what his suffering was for. Was to provide that for you. A dwelling place, a refuge. Joy is a refuge from suffering. Joy is a refuge from discouragement and pain. And from the the tedium of waiting for something. Uh, Joy lets you enjoy life even though you don't have everything that you're believing God's for. So God's joy is release for us. And he joys over us with singing. In Zephaniah 3.17 it says that. It says, the Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. Hmm. I remember when I was first saved, that was one of the little charismatic songs we sing. You traded in your old Baptist hymns and the, the sad dirges for your uh, your uh, word songs. And, and they worked because they were taken right out of the word of God. And he says, he will save you. In other words, you were in trouble. So he's not rejoicing because you did something good probably. But he will save you. And he will rejoice over you with joy. And he will rest in his love. And he will joy over you with singing. 
So you've done something that you shouldn't have done. You got in trouble again. God comes along and saves you. Happily saves you. Saves you rejoicing. Rejoices over you with singing. God sings over us. Yes he sings over us. When you're happy don't you sing? Huh? We all grab a happy song and there's a song in your heart when you're feeling good. And that's what his joy does. It puts his song in our hearts again. It puts goodness in our hearts again. So our salvation causes rejoicing. In fact the angels rejoice when one soul is saved. And so when God reaches down and saves us he does it happily. Oh my wonderful child I found you again. Here you are. I'm so glad to see you. Let me shake the dirt off of you. Dust off of you. Let's sit down and talk. I'm going to sing you a song. I'm so happy I found you. I'm so glad I picked you up out of the muck and the mire. I'm so glad. See. God joys over us with singing. He is not begrudging us anything folks. And we need to understand how he really feels about us and take on his joy. When God sings he sings for joy. Amen. Um, the one instance I found where Jesus sang was in a couple of Matthew but it was the same situation in Matthew 26.30 if you'll turn there. I'm sure he sang other times but this is one that I found and I thought the circumstances around it were kind of interesting. And it is at the Last Supper. You can tell by the, by the scripture. Matthew 26 and verse. We'll go to 26. He says they were eating. Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it. Gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink you all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you I will not drink henceforth this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And he says in other words I won't be eating I won't be rejoicing I won't be anything. And it says and when they had sung a hymn they went out into the Mount of Olives. So he's singing over us again. He knows he's on his way to his death and yet he is singing over us. Amen. He's singing for joy at the joy that was set before him. He sees reason to sing. And most people going to their death would not be happy. But he's rejoicing with the disciple. He says I've desired to do this forever. Since from the beginning of eternity I've desired to eat this cup and eat this meal with you. So that was a desire of his heart. And he had desired to eat that Passover meal and, and share the cup of the new covenant with all of humanity. So the new covenant of course is distributed through the church, through the disciples. So when he shares that meal with the disciples he knows that they now will pick up the mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make many disciples of many people. So he was really longing to die for us. 
so that our joy could be fulfilled in his and his joy could be filled we could both partake of the Lord's joy as long as people are in sin they cannot have fullness of joy and when they're apart from God it just isn't available to them and that's what Jesus longs for for the joy that was set before him he longs to see humanity broken out of the devil's power have the shackles broken the chains come off of us so that we can enter into the fullness of joy with him his joy is not complete unless we're in it with him unless humanity is in it with him and so it that's why there's angels rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents because the lord's joy uh is is manifest to them and they they respond to his joy and so it's a a a thing that that jesus has desired and, and we can partake of it too so when we belong to christ the same is true of us we rejoice in the things that he rejoices in when we experience now joy for a trial or a future event we're entering into uh, God's spirit in a greater way it appears that joy does allow endurance and makes endurance worth it it makes it worth it if we only have a goal to look forward to we will not endure if you just well I'm, I'm, I'm going through this because I've got to get a better job or I've got to do this or that you won't endure you've you got to have something to help you through that and God has provided for that so it makes the pain and delay more tolerable non-existent or very insignificant when compared with the joy of overcoming that will come as a result of that there's a greater deposit in us when we partake of the joy of the Lord much greater than if you just went through it and gritted your teeth and say I'll be glad when this over so is over so God can bless me God is blessing you in the now with his joy to carry you through it as, as though nothing's wrong in Nehemiah 8.10 there's a, a, um, a reminder here of the strength that comes in the joy of the Lord. You know Nehemiah was uh, the builder, rebuilder of the wall of Jerusalem during uh, the, one of the Babylonian captivities. God had left a mandate on, on uh, King Cyrus to, uh, to provide for Israel to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. So whenever God uh, sets in motion... Uh, a judgment he also has mercy tacked on the end of it because his mercy endures forever so the release of the people back into Jerusalem was something that uh, some of them looked forward to but was lost to many of them during that time and so after the wall was rebuilt you know that wall was built back in like 52 days it was supernatural uh, the speed at which that that wall was built Nehemiah had many instances where he was discouraged from building the wall there were lies told about him uh, to keep him from going forward all of these things happened to him so he knew something about endurance as their leader because these things came to him as the leader if they can stop the leader they can stop the whole show and so they need that and so at the the dedication of the wall um, uh, at the completion of the wall he brought out he started to reestablish their worship in their order of service back to the people and so in Nehemiah 8 is where we see that being reestablished again Ezra the scribe begins to read the law of Moses to the people again they haven't worshipped God in so long this is like new to them 
But some of them who remembered the good old days began to weep and began to feel repentance and feel sorrowful that they had had all these great promises from God and had all this this greatness that God had promised them and they willfully walked away from it. And so Nehemiah then begins to minister to them to bring them into a better attitude about what they were experiencing and what they were going through. And so he says here when the law is read Verse 4 says, Ezra the scribe stood upon the pulpit of wood which they had made for the purpose and beside him stood all these people. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people and when he opened it the people stood up. Ezra blessed the Lord the great God and all the people answered amen amen with lifting up their hands so they're beginning to receive the word and worship God and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And they, uh, all of these other ministers uh, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law and the people stood in their place. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave sense and caused them to understand the reading. So here they're trying to get the people back into line with God's word. They, they haven't really worshipped God or paid attention to God's law in so many years. And Nehemiah which is uh, and, and Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites that taught the people said to the people this day is holy to the Lord your God mourn not nor weep for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law then he said to them go your way in other words you received the word of God the word of God is to strengthen you and make you to rejoice not to make you stay in this yeah we know we we all walked away from God and we all did wrong but God has forgiven us he set up worship again he set up the temple again this is a time for rejoicing so don't sit around and mope all day long about what you did wrong start receiving the word and start doing the word again again because the joy of the Lord is your strength this will keep you going to obey the word in times when you feel like you don't want to so here Nehemiah institutes an attitude to the Jewish people that will allow them to get through future conflicts because there are certainly more that came their way after this this would allow them to get through difficult times when they backslid and or they had kings that served other gods this was something that would get them through to reflect on the holy days of God to reflect on what those days meant to rejoice and be glad and not to sit back languishing in doubt and fear and that God wasn't there for them and they were able to partake of the joy of the Lord even in their circumstances during that time and he gave them instruction for how to celebrate what does God want you to do he says go your way eat the fat which was forbidden for them to eat the fat always belonged to God when they you know what I'm saying and drink the sweet send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared another share what God has provided for you and that's part of the joy of the Lord is the sharing the the impartation the ability to draw other people into this joy to get up from your your bed of languishing it's over uh, God has forgiven us and we're back uh, in right standing with God and we don't have to leave any so God's joy will erase memories of difficulty memories of struggle 
memories i think when you live in the joy of the lord you can live in an expectation of greater good and and more good things to to happen i know one of the things that god blessed me with when when i when he healed me from from myself from a nervous breakdown one of the things he imparted to me was joy so that that joy then acts as a shield for me now to keep me from going back into you know there's some things happen to you when you lose your mind you don't need to recollect you need to live and move forward there are some things that happen to us all as a result of sin and and as a result of of disappointment and discouragement all we don't need to live in the past none of us but god was able to impart that to me so that it would stop me from going back because that's the one thing that'll keep you in the nut house if you keep reliving uh, the things that happen you can talk yourself into a depression if you're not careful and so one of the things that God showed me was how to abide in his joy so that that stuff could really what was past could really be passed and it didn't have to be brought up and you don't have to live in it you don't have to talk about it I'll share it sometimes in testimony but I don't go into a lot of detail you know what I'm saying God won't let me joy won't let me the door is closed to that you understand what I'm saying I couldn't recount it if I wanted to and so it's in a place where God's allowed it and joy keeps the door locked you got me there's joy guarding the door so that you don't go back into that area of of memories that are forgiven they're just ashes to me now and so God is able though to bring you into that place of of rejoicing contentment full of joy you're over the top you got me with the joy of the Lord. You're not just getting by. You're just not muddling by. But in the joy of the Lord you are way over the top in this life. And in partaking of what He's where he's at now too. You're sharing in what he's experiencing. You've overcome the works of darkness. Because the, the main thing darkness wants to do is get you in it. Joy keeps you riding above it and repelling it. So that you don't have to get involved in the things of darkness. Amen. Father we thank you for your word and for understanding and for allowing us to be able to be partakers of the fullness of your joy and that's what you want you want our joy to be full that you want us to abide in you so that our joy can be full not partial not sometimes and in in depress the next or discouraged sometimes but you want our joy to be full and we thank you for this impartation this infusion this ability to yield to your joy at any time we honor you and we love you for it lord in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 praise